G'day listeners, welcome back to a live episode of Full Metal Movie Reviews. I'm your host Sam and uh, this week we have a Halloween special and there could not be a more fitting co-host to discuss all things Mike Myers, Pumpkin Heads and general psychopaths. He's the main psychopath in himself. He's the killer to all killers. <laughs> Anth, how are you Anth? Yeah, I'm pretty good, man. I, I didn't realize you viewed me that way as a psychopathic killer, but yeah, no, no, now I don't know you. how to feel, mate. It's in you. Uh, so listeners, uh, to set the scene of this episode, we uh, literally just got out of um, seeing Halloween 2018, um, or what, 40 minutes, no, 30 minutes ago, and <laughs> do we have some thoughts, but before we we jump into the re- our review of uh the latest Halloween film. I'm going to ask Anth to take us back down memory lane and give us a bit of a refresher on the Halloween franchise. Now, Anth is a bit of an expert. He's a encyclopedic genius slash, don't know, it's go-to guy when it comes to this franchise. Is this your main hol- like horror fran- slasher franchise that you like? Yeah, the easiest way to say it is just go, Nerd! <laughs> Um, uh, this is the main franchise that I like. Go to, uh, yeah, my uh, sure. It's my uh, it's my go to. Um, the way I rank it, you got like the top three. You got um, the Nightmare on Elm Street. You got Friday Thirteenth. You've got Halloween, and then you've got the Texas Chainsaw, and then all the others like Child's Play and all that crap. But this one, yep, yeah, is definitely uh, one. Of, definitely the I'd say the top. The Nightmare on Elm Street's fairly close by, but definitely the top. Okay. So, I guess he's the professor in all things slasher. He knows that the, there's something that he doesn't know. It's not worth knowing. So, that listeners, you're about to get your favorite beverage because you're about to get an education on Mike Myers. All right. So, as my understanding is that 2018 is the sequel to number one. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2018 is the sequel to a John Carpenter's 1978 right. Halloween. Okay. And how many of these fucking things are there? All right. Well, there's more than one. Um, th- okay. So there's six, H2O, seven, Resurrections, eight, and then Rob Zombie, nine, ten, and then this is number 11. So in total now, <laughs> there's 11 Halloweens. <laughs> okay. All right. Jesus Christ. So. John Carpenter kicked this thing off in 1978, and in preparation for this film, Halloween 2008, I rewatched Halloween, the original. And I got to say, as much as I love John Carpenter, it doesn't really stack up today in today's climate. I mean, it was my might have been a pioneer film, and it might have been you know the whole genre of slasher slash thrillers or whatever. But I don't know. Well, I think I think that, yeah. Look, I think. The thing is that it was an independent film that was filmed with zero budget real quickly um, in 1978. And I think that when people watch it today and they go, oh, it's boring, it doesn't stack up, of, co- of course. I wouldn't say it's boring. <laughs> I would say that the horror scenes when, you know, he, he does have to p- p- paint a picture where, specific, especially when they pull up to the, um, you know, the, the, what's it called, the funny farm, psychiatric ward, whatever. And you see all the guys in in their cloaks or uh, dressing gowns just walking around like zombies. That's pretty scary. 
But what I say it kind of doesn't give you is that the jump scares are pretty timid by today's standards. Oh yeah, well look, I mean that thing in Australia is rated R eighteen plus, and if you look at the film, like I rewatched it just before I jumped in the car to go see this one, and there's no way that that should be R eighteen plus in today's standards. It's almost like a PG yeah, film. I was gonna say, I mean, take if you. If anything, the, the 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 I guess regulators or people who who give ratings to these films would probably be more offended by the titties than they would be by the actual horror, because <laughs> it's Correct. pretty tame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it is tame, and that's what um, the producer I can't say his name. I'm not even gonna. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. That's what he really liked about it is that it was a very um, by the basics. It relied more on the suspense and the atmosphere than anything else. So, gore hounds will not like the original Halloween. Mm. And i got to say, the suspense is what works. It's the actual gore that doesn't, given the 20 years of gore films since and how they just keep trying to escalate it and up it, up it, up it. But listeners, I guess for those of you who don't know Halloween, basically this very simple premise, which is why it's so good, is that um, a psycho lunatic killer has escaped um, his hospital and he goes back to his home of where he killed um, his sister. And Laurie, the protagonist, female protagonist played by Jamie Lee Curtis, she has the misfortune of walking up to the house whilst Mike Myers is inside. And Mike Myers becomes obsessed and starts tracking her or following her through Halloween night. And basically, it's just her trying to run or escape from this killer. Um, yeah, and... There is another added layer of, of the Mike Myers, of the killer's um, doctor, uh, Donald Presence. I forget his name in the movie. Dr. Loomis. Dr. Loomis. He, Loomis? I don't know, whatever. He's a bold guy and he's easily scared. He carries a colt in his in his pocket and he pretty much has some cool lines like, this guy is the embodiment of evil. You have to kill him. There is nothing there. So, he is a pretty interesting film, but... I've only seen the first one, and I've only seen bits of H2O, and I haven't seen any of the other since. So run me down through the sequels. Give me a quick gist of how the sequels rate and what the kind of what they how they progress from being an indie film to a franchise. That's what I want to get. I want to get to how do we get to this franchise level? All right, all right. So you want a quick gist? Uh, yeah, I would probably quick go gist, go go not mate. Gist. <laughs> I don't know what I said. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's a it's live, no editing, baby. I'll give you the full gist, mate. All right, so the go make a coffee. It's going to be a while. Um, all right, so you got Halloween in 1978. John Carpenter's Halloween. He made sure he had his name on the title. And Sorry, he didn't write it though. He didn't, he just directed it. It was a payday, right? It it was it was a bit of both. So it was the producer was like, I've got this movie idea, um, babysitter murders because everyone in America has a babysitter, um, and they want to do it on Halloween, which is one of the you know the top holidays in America. So that's how the idea came about. Michael Myers, uh, Michael Myers. John Carpenter made it his own um, with uh, Deborah Hill. Oh, so he actually wrote the script? Uh, I'm pretty sure he had a hand in it. Pretty sure he had a hand in it. And from there, um, that's how John Carpenter's Halloween came about. And so that's part that's part numero uno. All right? Then a few... Whoa, 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 before you go there. Do you think it's weird in that film, right? That they couldn't track down a guy who has been incarcerated for 13 years, I think it is in the film. 15, I think. 15. Yeah, 15. Who would have no who'd have no basic... He, he was an infant when he went in. 
infant's not the right word. He was a seven seven year old or whatever when he went in, and he'd been locked up pretty much for his for his fifteen years. God knows how he, how he learnt to drive. Maybe someone in there gave him lessons. <laughs> but like, basically, my point is, he lacks pretty fundamental life skills to kind of exist in a world, I guess. Yeah, and he wouldn't. I don't know. It's always been to me the one thing I don't like about Halloween is that the ambiguity, ambiguity of how this how how Mike Myers works. Is he? Well, they did address it. Like, well, I mean, like, so Don, uh, Donald Pleasance, Dr. Loomis's character, did address, you know, maybe, like, how he knew how to drive a car, who knows? Maybe someone in there gave him lessons. Um, but then there was things like he was eating a dog um, because he got hungry. Uh, you know, he, he went straight to his home. Yeah, so but fuck, like, eating a dog. Is, it, to me, it just seems too random and too gore. Like, it's just whatever, man. It's like the 70s, who cares sort of thing. Like, don't worry about it too, too much. Uh, and I think, well... <laughs> He's a mental patient. All he really knows is what he knew, which was how to get home. I think the main How issue, would he know how to get uh, yeah, home? Yeah, but that's the thing. That's what <laughs> I was going to say. That's probably the only real issue I have is like at five years old, do you really know how to read roadmaps and no, signs? No. So, yeah. So, I could see where you're coming from there. So, this is the thing that we need to do is just like maybe someone in there gave him lessons for everything. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, I could understand if he was, say, an 18-year-old and he killed his younger sister. And then he got locked up for maybe two years or something. You know what I mean? And you could say, oh, yeah. But with the fact that he went went to uh, the funny farm at age seven or whatever it was. And that's another thing, right? His sister is substantially older. And I know she doesn't expect it. But you're not getting enough credit to the sister. I know she's naked and she's literally just trying to you know, dress herself for bed. But she could have overpowered a seven-year-old. Hell, man. Anyone can overpower a seven-year-old. Michael! <laughs> yeah, that film to me, besides, like, it's really weird because it, it gives this Jamie Lee Curtis as this badass protagonist who finds the inner strength to kill Mike Myers. Or he assumes, you, know, you think she kills Mike Myers. But at the same time, it doesn't do a lot for a uh, female image. So <laughs> a lot, of, babysitters, yeah, 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 a lot that, of dumb babysitters die in that film. It does, look, it, you're right. It doesn't do a lot for female image. But again, it was a horror film in the 70s. So it pretty much... <sighs> Films back then were designed to, sorry, horror films back then that were done on the cheap were designed to do a couple of things, and that was make more money than it costs to make, which would have been done in opening weekend. Yeah, very true. And you know, get people talking about it forty years down the track, and that's exactly what it did. So, with that being said, and I move on to the sequel, seeing how I was going to give you the, uh, the quick yeah, yeah <laughs> okay, all right. So, he talked. I've I've never seen the sequel. Right. Walk me through it. Okay, so Halloween 2 came out a few years later. 1981. That's a few years later. <laughs> it was uh, Dino De Laurentiis, a famous Italian uh, producer. And it was a... Who was it directed by? Don't know. Sorry. Jump in. Anyway, not John Carpenter, that's for sure. He did have a Why play. did he not want to do a sequel? Uh, he, he just didn't want to do a sequel. It, it, he had no interest in it. It was a good launching pad for him. It mm. got him, you know, a bit more recognition, and he was, had no interest in continuing that franchise. Oh, wait a minute. Was Halloween 2 when Jamie Lee Curtis was, like, a bit more sexualized? And no, so that never happened. But, oh. uh, well, H2O maybe. But... No, so... Uh, oh, and the remake. So we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, I'm so, so, I'll Hall- stop interrupting you. Yep. Go. Halloween, Halloween 2. So Halloween 2 is happens the exact same night as Halloween. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis 
uh, Laurie Strode gets taken uh, via ambulance to the hospital. Michael Myers, uh, to quote uh, Dr. Loomis, I shot him six times! Didn't die, even though he got shot six times. He uh, then follows, you know, he, he gets gets a hold of uh, Laurie Strode in the hospital and pretty much the Halloween movie takes place within the hospital that Laurie Strode is at. It's about her survival within that hospital. Funnily enough, Halloween 2 had a real definitive ending of uh, Michael Myers. By the way, if you haven't seen the series, there's going to be a lot of spoilers. uh, Of Michael Myers um, dying and Dr. Loomis dying. Essentially by explosion. You don't see Dr. Loomis die in the explosion. However, only Jesus himself could have survived that one. And you see Michael Myers burning alive and his mask melting. So you actually see Michael Myers die. Part two is also where they put the plot twist in because every sequel needs a plot twist of Laurie Strode being the brother of Michael Myers. And the way they did that was Laurie Strode was having a bad dream. Oh, that and they, they addressed that in Halloween 2008. They say that was all bullshit. Yeah, 2018. 2018. Yeah, yeah they said that was bullshit. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's yeah, where yeah. that came from because I was like, that wasn't in number one. Mm. Yeah, so that's when they address that part and literally she was having a dream and she goes up to her mum to tell her something and her mum goes, "Yeah, I'm not your real mum or something like that. Anyway, so that's how that twist came about. So that was cool. Halloween 3 is... So why did Mike Myers go find Laurie again? Just to finish what he started, man. So he escapes the mental... It's, pro- it's all happening in the same night. He, it's, it's, oh, so oh. Halloween and Halloween 2 is all the same night. Oh, okay. Right, okay. So it's, it happens in the exact same day and night. Um, Actually, that's not a bad idea for a sequel because that would make sense. Yeah, he, he's just finishing what he's his body. They never get his body in number one, right? No, no, no. He d- he disappears. And yeah. Donald Pleasance at the the very beginning of Halloween two is Donald Pleasance running around going to grab any police officer and going, "I shot him six times," and he says that like twice. So, oh, I just found a funny fa- uh, a funny fact, a fun fact. Carpenter co-wrote the screenplay for the sequel with Hill. So there you go. There you go. There fun you go. fact. All right, jump. Let's go number three. Um, and where do you rate number two in terms of the scheme of the films? Oh, I think one and two are both. You know, one and two. That's how. Okay. It was a very. It was a solid sequel. They added more gore and everything because that's what um, the external parties wanted. They want wanted more gore. So it was a gorier sequel. Laurie Strode. They kind of made her a bit shittier. Like she didn't really do too much because she bimboed her up. They drugged her up more or less. She was always too high to do anything. Um, and but Donald Pleasance always is awesome. So part three comes along and Michael Myers is dead. So they decided that they were going to continue the Halloween franchise. Every Halloween film after will be its own, uh, kind of like a Twilight Zone thing. I like that idea, to be honest. Yeah, I'm well, down for that idea. If you were around back in the eighties, uh, you would have been the only one that liked that idea because even though the movie itself, to me, is a fairly solid film. Um, can be a bit bizarre at times. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch indeed. 1983. Did not do well because it did not have uh, Michael Myers in it. Um, Essentially, that film is about Killer Mask Corporation run by (laughs) robots and a Stonehenge. You heard me correctly. Yeah. (laughs) The plot was... It sounds... (laughs) Just too retarded. Too and sorry, not shouldn't say retarded. Too bad to be Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty uh pretty awful. But as far as scares go and a horror film in the eighties go, I thought it was pretty good. If it came out as Season of the Witch and it was its own horror film, I think it would have been great. But it was definitely in its own universe and there's has nothing to do with the other Halloween films. Oh, okay. So then we can jump to 
Halloween 4, 1988. Yep. This bad boy came out. Um, so, and it's kind of got a new sort of cast. Um, except for Donald Pleasance, he's back as Lomas, but the rest are all kind of younger and hotter people. So, so with Halloween 4... Um, the return of Mike Myers. Laurie Strode has died between Halloween 2 and Halloween 4. She has a young daughter um, named uh, Jamie. Just to confuse things. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis. Uh, that's played by Danielle Harris, who is done sure really is. good in the uh, horror franchise from Halloween 4. Why, what other movies has she been? Halloween 5. <laughs> <laughs> the Halloween remakes. No, no, no. She's been she's been in a few horror films, but she's always been beloved from Halloween 4. So, like... Oh, really? So, this is like a fan favourite as well? This is a fan favourite. So, the next three films, 4, 5, and 6, are called the Thorn Trilogy. And I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. So... Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. That's why I can't give you just the quick jizz. i got to give the whole lot. I want the full load. Come on. <laughs> it's coming. Um, it's got weird. So, Halloween for... Uh, yep, Laurie's dead. The daughter's alive. Now, between films, between two and four, Michael is alive. He's institutionalized. He's being transferred. There seems to be a common trend in this film. He's being transferred. Um, and he finds out about young Jamie. That ignites him. And he kills the Ambo drivers and he goes after young Jamie. And essentially, it's more or less a rehash of the first film. They go back to the basics. Um, they go back to the scares. And it's a fairly solid sequel and it's well-beloved amongst the fans. Um, that leads into Halloween 5. The um, I think that one. So how does, he, how does um, Jamie win in Halloween 5? Halloween 4? Four? 4, sorry. Man, see, this is when it gets hard because four and five came so close together. Yeah, so a lynch mob gets created by Donald Pleasance um, and pretty much what happens is they all come together and shoot Michael down a well. Okay. So this is where <laughs> the, the, the internet's getting a bit weird because they've got Halloween 4 The Return in 1988 and then they got Halloween 2007. So is that Halloween 5, 2007? No, Halloween 2007 is Rob Zombie's remake. Oh, where's the... Oh, here you go. All right, sorry. Yeah, Halloween 5, The Revenge. Yep, so The Revenge of Michael Myers came out a year later um, from Halloween 4. So what ended up happening is they ended up competing um, theatrical with video release of Halloween 4. But um, uh, besides that, it was a shit film. Halloween 5 came out. They made Jamie um, a mute. Uh, oh, at the end of Halloween 4, sorry, Jamie was meant to take on Michael's role. So she ends up killing her mother in Halloween 4. Mm -hmm. Donald Pleasance tries to shoot her and yells out, no, 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 450 times. It was a great ending. Halloween 5, they forget that she just injured her mother. She didn't kill her mother. Michael Myers gets um, resuscitated and uh, brought back to health within a year from an old dude, like a hermit. That, okay. Yeah, that's that's... Yep. He all of a sudden has a tattoo on his wrist, which is the Curse of Thorn. Four and five. That's when the mask starts to look a bit shit. Yeah. So four and five is when the mask look, starts to look shit because they couldn't get the original mask. I don't think they could get original mask in Halloween 2 either, but four and five, the mask starts to look really weird. So part five is when they really start pressing in this Cold of Thorn stuff. They brought it up briefly in part four, but part five is he has a tattoo on his wrist. Um, there's a society out there that's looking after Michael. There's a man in black that comes in the end that breaks him out of jail. Um, but the whole film is just a mess from start to finish. 
Um, they kill off the beloved characters from part four at the very beginning. Daniel Harris survives the film again, um, but the this the rest of the cast is just absolute crap. Um, the very ending of the film, they just filmed, but they didn't actually know where to go with it. So what it was was Michael gets arrested by the police, gets put in put in jail <laughs> behind bars mm. in chains. <laughs> And then this guy, literally in black clothes and a black cowboy hat, who you've seen throughout the film just walking around the place, catching a bus and shit, because that's what badass horror villains do, is take local transport. Um, Bust Michael out of jail in a gunfight, kills all the cops, and Michael gets out of jail. Which brings me to part six. What one's that one? What's that called? Curse of Michael Myers. So this is Ant-Man's, Paul Rudd's uh, first theatrical leading role. So, Paul Rudd is in this. I can't this, find it. It's, it's saying Halloween, The Return, uh, Halloween, Fire, The Revenge, and then, oh yeah, Halloween, The Curse of Mike Myers. Yep. Curse of Mike Myers, so part six. So, part six had... Oh, fucking hell. Well, part six was like a really... Part, part six probably had the best looking Michael Myers, but was one of the worst films in the franchise. <laughs> and it um, it has two... Donald Pleasance is still in it. Donald Pleasance is still in it. This is actually his last film. He died during production. Jeez. And... And the ending has uh, In Memory of Donald Pleasance. But there was two versions of this film. Mm. There's a producer's cut and there's a theatrical cut. Now, diehard fans prefer the producer's cut over the theatrical cut. I don't, just based on the fact that Michael Myers rapes his 15-year-old niece to give birth to their son that he ends up trying to kill anyway. Whoa, whoa, what the fuck? He (laughs) rapes? That's what I understand. So, a guy who has his pure evil... But does he has the does he actually have the mental capacity to know okay, what sex so is? Because he's a is, kid. I don't this, know. This is when they forget that bit. So now he's driven by supernatural forces forces based on the cult of Thorn. And for him, a part of this cult is the doctors from the original movie that barely even made you know a scene that they have Michael in their power to do their bidding, um, and he has to kill all his living relatives by Halloween, whatever. Um, and then he gets rid of the curse or something or passes the curse on. It gets super weird and is all messed up. But he has to kill his bloodline. That's why he keeps going after these family members. So forget everything that happened in the other films because that's Michael's motivation and drive is a supernatural force called the Cult of Thorn. Yeah, I guess they got to just find new ways to keep telling the same shit story. So, yep. We're up to six now, guys. And then from six, it goes to Halloween H2O. Yeah. So the worst named film of all time. Well, Halloween Water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Halloween 6 came out in 95, right? Mm. And then Scream came out. And because essentially Halloween 6 was just like this big bomb. And it blew up and took like the horror franchise Scream. with it. Then Scream comes out. And revitalizes the oh, horror franchise. Oh, sorry, sorry. Six kills the franchise. Six kills the franchise, but Scream revitalizes a whole horror genre. Well, you got to right? be happy if you got six of these fucking films. Jesus yeah. Christ. So, but Scream comes along. So now H2O comes out a couple years later in 98. And it goes, you know what? Let's kind of do the Scream thing where we make our characters self-aware. But let's forget all the other films besides Halloween 1 and 2. Bring back Jamie Lee Curtis mm. and do a direct sequel to part 2. So, part two happens 20 years later, after the events of part one and two. It gets rid of the... Sorry, H2O happens H2O, yep, yep, sorry. After parts one and two. So, it gets rid of the Thorn trilogy, which is four, five, and six. So, it's called the Thorn trilogy because of the cult of Thorn, is that right? Correct, correct. So, it gets rid of that, 
Um, it mentions between Halloween 2 and H2O that Laurie Strode faked her own death and became Kerry Tate. So fans like to try and tie that in, but she doesn't have a daughter in this. She has a son um, and she's a principal at a boarding school. H2O um, was a product of its era, just like the original Halloween. Mm. It was very self-aware. Mm. Um, Comedic? Had, uh, Isn't it LL Cool J's in it? LL Cool in it. He is a comic relief, but it didn't really... It wasn't overly comedic, but it was. It had characters in there that were a bit sarcastic, very self-aware. Um, but I think it was a fine tune, and it was only like 80 minutes. Like, they... Smash it out real quick so it couldn't offend anybody. And I think H2O is a fairly solid sequel. It's not great, but it's a fairly solid sequel because it didn't go long enough to be shit. Hmm. Um, so that's H2O. Okay. Brings the franchise back and is well-beloved amongst fans. So it's been revived. And uh, now we're up to Halloween Resurrection. Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> so Halloween Resurrection comes out in 2002. Hmm. And this is now the Scream era of horror is over and welcome to the Blair Witch and other uh, found footage, yes, right? Yes, yes. So now this is like, okay, the internet's becoming a thing. Internet shows are becoming a thing. Um, let's do a webcam edition of Halloween. They bring Jamie Lee Curtis back because of a contract. They kill her off in the first five minutes, which is what she wanted. And then Michael goes back to his house where Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks, you heard that right, is a filming a reality show called Dangertainment and they've got a cast of shitty teens and Michael's like, what y'all bitches be doing in my house and start stabbing people. The best part... I've seen this one. <laughs> you're, bring, you're, you're jogging the memory. Yeah, I have actually seen this one as well. I've seen this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're fully... Yeah, yeah, this is this is a really so, bad film. <laughs> yeah, so the best, the best part about this, which is what fans hate. Look, I'm just going to say this right now, diehard fans. This is not a good movie, but you know what? It's better than part five. It's better than part six. Um, and it's better than, you know, some of the other movies that I'm going to mention in a minute. You know why? Because it's not boring. It's entertaining. Because Buster Rhymes and the rest of the cast and everybody didn't take this film seriously. And they were just out to make a bad movie and make some fucking money. Buster Rhymes does Kung Fu and beats up Michael Myers. <laughs> and it turns out that the only thing that can stop Michael Myers is Buster Rhymes. Because he ends up, you know, kicking his ass. So there you go. All the other films should have just got Buster Rhymes in Don't there. Don't fuck with Buster. Breaking neck, bitches. Um. All right. So then that kind of again kills the franchise. Kills the franchise. Dead. Um. So that's what's that's number eight. So they were gonna make a number nine, but because Resurrection did so bad, um, that was it. Now Rob Zombie comes along, and this is definitely remakes. This is definitely a Rob Zombie film. So 2007 comes the prequel remake. So Rob Zombie decided he wanted to focus a bit on Michael's backstory and it turns out the only thing you need to make a serial killer is to make him grow up in trailer trash home um, and that's what, you know, stripper mom and yeah. abusive boyfriend of the mom yeah, yeah. and whore sister. That's all you need. Uh, see, I hated, I, I've seen that one as well. So I've, I've lied. I've seen one, two, a bit or two H2O, you've, Resurrection. you've given me some fucking repressed memories of Resurrection. <laughs> and then this one, and I just, it was just too, like, by the books. I mean, Rob Zombie isn't a good director. And I, I know people shit at me for this. Like, um, fucking, what's that one? Um, he did House of a House Thousand, Thousand Corpses, Corpses, which was shit. And then he did Devil's Rejects, which was better. 
Devil's Rejects was actually watchable, but yeah. the House of the, the, the Corpses was just horrible, garbage. It's just trash, and it's like weird for the weird for the sake of weird. Oh, Mike's attacking our house. Um, but um, it wasn't. This one was just fucking just meh. So the thing I I find is that the prequel aspect was interesting, but the way they went about it was a bit mm, yeah. So. I think some of the characters in there were okay. Like uh, the guy who played, oh God, I know his name too, Malcolm McDowell, played Dr. Loomis. He was good. Um, Michael uh, was actually a good Michael Myers when he became an adult. I thought he was probably one of the most brutal Michael Myers and mm. the scare- probably the scariest. Tyler Mayne, he's seven foot. Um, he was scary as whole hell. I can't remember. That Michael Myers. Did, is that the mask and it had long hair, longer hair? He, he no, no, no. The character himself had long hair. Yeah. But when he put the mask on, the mask looked like the same mask. Okay. The origin of the mask is completely stupid too, but let's not get into that. So, but when... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Refresh my memory on that. So, uh, the slutty sister is having sex with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend whips out Michael's mask, and that's the mask that he puts on to kill everybody. And then he somehow, after killing his sister, he has time to hide it in the attic under like wooden you know slats and then he finds it a bit later mm, on mm. so that's where he got the mask from mm. yeah yeah he, he hid it in the attic between killing um <sighs> dumb as shit cliche boring blah yeah yeah he, the re- the the only issue well there's a lot of issues but the main issue is that i mean he robs zombified it he made it his own, which is fine. That's what he was meant to do. But Rob Zombie is not for everybody. Like, but people loved that at the time, right? Yeah, gore, well, gory stuff was was the thing. Again, Halloween is, you know, it's over generations. It's forty years old, so it's gone. You can see all the different phases that horror was going through at the time. Mm. And Rob Zombie mm. was real heavy into the gore. But the other thing, you know, he did was have random rape scenes between characters that weren't even involved in the plot at all. So. You know, that's that's Rob Zombie. So, anyway, enough wait, of that. Wait, wait. <laughs> Random rape. During the escape scene, um, there was these two inmates that... Oh, no, sorry. Not inmates. They actually worked there. There's these two people that work there that just yeah, rape. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And Michael is the hero in that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember And that. Danny Trejo dies. I mean, he's the only so- sympathetic character. But, but it makes no sense. Why would Mike Myers be... If he's the embodiment of evil, he kills everything and, any, and anything. It doesn't matter who it is or what it is. <laughs> and Laurie Strode was pretty weak as well. Um, yeah, anyway. All right, and then that brings us into the sequel of that one. The right? sequel, yep. Halloween 2... And that's another Rob Zombie film? Another Rob Zombie film came out a couple of years later, I think 2009 or some shit. Anyway, look, Halloween 2, I've just got to say this, and I don't want to talk any more about it. It was a piece of shit. Um, the beginning was unique in that it went to the hospital, but it was a dream. And then from there, it was all about um, the psych psychic link between Michael and Laurie and a white horse, um, which is telling Michael to kill people. But it it was shit. It was just it was shit. This is what this was what made the first one so exciting. It was that that this all just happened by happenstance. Yeah. And that Laurie was just the unfortunate person of having to be at the wrong place at the wrong time that Michael then just obsessed over as his next victim. And then through that circumstance she found the inner strength and the character to fucking fight back and get out of that vic- of being portrayed as a victim. It's this and then trying to build some fucking bullshit link around it. It's like, just do that again, but with another random person. Like, how hard is that? Like, fuck me. Like, just have yeah. 
someone else. But this Laurie Strode as well. I mean, she was weak as piss, and she was annoying, and she was a rude bitch. And oh, fun fun fact: um, Halloween's Halloween and Halloween Two, the Rob Zombie films, brought back Danielle Harris to play the character of Annie, not her Jamie character. Obviously, it's two different characters, but she played the character of Annie, and Annie, who died in the original Halloween, survived Rob Zombie's remake. Oh, um, so her the daughter um, in Laurie's daughter in four, five, and six. Yeah, the character comes the back. Ac- the actress, the actress comes back as a, different, a different character. character. Yeah, yeah, and then but then he kills her in part two, and both times she has to be found by her dad, topless. Um, anyway, <clears throat> that's Rob Zombie. Wait, so, say what? <laughs> you know what? Rob Zombie likes uh, women uh, with uh, their boobs out getting stabbed. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that. So if you yeah, think that fetish, if you think it? that the first film kind of portrayed women in a bad way, look at Rob Zombie's films because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you're his wife, you're not going to be getting much respect, even though she portrayed a stripper in the film. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Anyway. So moving on. So at this point, everyone thinks the Halloween franchise is dead. Dead! The slasher genre, to be honest, is kind of dead. Dead! There's a lot of shitty remakes floating around. Friday yeah. 13th got a remake. Friday 13th got a remake. A couple of Texas Chainsaw. In the same year as Halloween 2. Uh, a couple Texas Chainsaw Massacre got remade. And then and sequelized. Then, and then, yeah, remade, prequelized, then sequelized yeah, right. from the original, then prequelized yep. from the sequel of the original. <laughs> uh, that Yeah. That's 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 fucked. Um, and An Armour and Elm Street got remade. Yep. Um, no, that was so, that was actually a really boring film. It wasn't even scary or new or anything. It just, I remember watching that going, fucking Christ, this is boring. I watched that in the movies and I fell asleep. And I, I was so boring in that. I don't... Yeah, you know what? No, let's... No, just no. No. So, the w- w- point is that... Dead. The franchise is dead, dead as disco, right? So, nobody gives a fuck about these things anymore. Um, dead true as true heart. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same. That what are you? That's fucking old. Um, and the only the hardcore fans really appreciate these films. And to be honest, the thing I like about horror fans or like is that they like them for what they are. They don't like like they're not like Star Wars fans that go, yeah, it's so protective and like oh no, it's not canon and this and this and that. They like it generally. They like it for. They like it because it is a shit film. If that makes sense. Yeah, mate. Look, I mean, I, I. I actually will rewatch Halloween Resurrection because it's shit. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. And you enjoy it because, like, oh, exactly. how bad is this? Oh, this is so dumb. I can't believe it. So dumb. Yeah, and I, and I love it. Yeah. Um, which is like they're cool. They're, they're more chilled out nerds than what sci-fi nerds are, or um, not history nerds, um, fantasy nerds and stuff, where they obsess over detail and what's canon, and what isn't canon, and they can't take satire within the genre where horror can take jokes, satire, whatever. You know what I mean? They love it. Yeah, they love it. And for all my fellow horror junkies out there, I salute you. <laughs> um, so where does where does Scream fit into this though? Do you like Scream as a genre? And like, I know what you did um, last summer. No, oh, as a genre. Well, as a look, film I mean, they, the as a genre. Well, actually, finally, look, that they all came out in the late nineties, early two mm. thousands. That that Where's was that creating? genre. That the teen slasher film, like, it, um, it kind of evolved from being serious into. Comedic and self-aware, yeah. meta, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't really mind them. They, they're all right. I'm not the biggest fan of Scream. Um, this is Wes Craven, so I do watch it. Um, I know you did last time, which was just crap. But I didn't mind that one. 
It was uh, the first one was all right. The first one was all right. The yeah. second one was unwatchable. and you won't know that there was a third one at all, will you? Jesus Christ! Yeah, no. exactly. So <laughs> I remember the second one was it the first one or the second one had um, the guy from Fast and Furious, Tyrone or whatever his name is. No, I remember in the kitchen. There's a kitchen scene. That's not. He's not from the Fast and Furious. Oh, what's he from? That he's from like a dance film. That's the same guy, isn't he? In Fast and Furious as well, Mackay Pfeiffer. No, I'm thinking of someone else then. No, that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm going to look that up. I'm All right, you, sure. look, you look it up and I'll you look that up and I'll segue us into yeah. the film we just watched, which is what uh, we're meant to be reviewing like a half hour later. Here we go. Yeah, sorry for that. But we, it needed to set the, the sort <laughs> of the scene set, because set the scene. Cause I had no idea that... I thought this was just another sequel and that the rest of those films counted, but it, it doesn't. No. So, set so, it up. Set it up. So, yeah. So, okay. So, then after um, Halloween 2, the series was dead for uh, nine years. Um, and along comes Danny McBride, who says he's going to resurrect with um, Jamie Lee Curtis. And they're going to focus on the original Halloween and do a direct sequel to that. And forget the rest of the films. So, Halloween H2O already did that. Halloween Resurrection buried that. So, this is probably the best way they could have done it, to be honest, if they want to bring it back. Because if they remade it, that's a second remake, and fans would have shit all over it. If they made a sequel to H2O and forget Resurrection, then it would have just got weird. Not Tyro, Tyrone, it's Tyrell. And he was in Dawn of the Dead, that's what I'm thinking of. But he was in a car chase movie as well, I'm pretty sure. He was in Shaft. Yeah, he was in, I just remember him being in a car, being cruising around. Okay, sorry. Keep continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Good try, Sam. Good try. So they come along. They remake. Uh, they retcon the series. They go from part one. So now this, there's like five different timelines to the Halloween series, um, and now we're looking at a direct sequel, which Sam and I just came off watching. And I'm sure we both have our opinions about it. Uh, my opinion is that it was good for the first three quarters of the film. And then all of a sudden they jumped off a cliff and mm. it just nosedived um, and went real bad. So, Sam, I know you got some strong feelings. Right. Okay, Let's so this do this. Is, as always, this is a full matter uh, review. So, we're going to go into spoilers. We're talking about everything. Um, like... I'm not a massive fan of the genre. I don't mind it. I can't watch bad the bad ones and appreciate them for being the shittiness. Like I, I just get trapped in logic loops that I can't get out of, and then that pulls me out of the movie. So this film is instantly forgettable because we, you listeners probably won't know, but we've actually eaten a pizza since we've seen the film. It was a good pizza, <laughs> and I've uh, I've kind of forgotten. <laughs> I've forgotten two thirds of it. But what I did like is the I hated the opening. Um, the film opens with two podcasters, you know, tip to the microphone, um, going to psychiatric ward to visit Mike Myers in order to, for their podcast, to in, try and interview him. And some British guy rips out the mask and is just screaming at Michael, going, look at it, look at it, trying to make him say something. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. That that beginning there uh, was pretty, pretty weird. It's just... It's no rational person who sees a psycho killer would stay behind. Like, he's in a square, right? And it's like, why not just walk up to him in, from the front? 
and show the mask in front of his face. As I po- the same <laughs> thing. As opposed to hold it behind and go, you can feel it, can't you? It could be a dick in your hand for all you fucking knows, you retard. Like, why, why, why? That's such an odd way to start But then film. Michael could have felt it if it was a dick in his hand. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, I look. Um, but you're right. The, the, so that, that, that opening opening was a bit, was a bit odd. It, it was bizarre. And it just did not, it just, I was just like, I was just hoping that guy killed, got killed because he was f- flat out annoying. And he did. And so these podcasters, are, uh, it's very, I don't know. I don't even know why they were in it, to be honest, because I guess to give him the mask. I think they, they yeah. I think they more were in it. Um, so look, all these films, so he, all had, the, he could get the mask. He, he could get the mask, but all these films, they have their, their tell it all. Nelly, so the the guys that have to give the plot out, and that's all they were. These guys were just a plot device. They were to bring everybody up to date with what happened yeah. in the previous film, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Glory Strode's backstory um, and everything. That's yeah, all they were. Okay, I mean, fuck, man, it's not that complicated. Film, there's a killer. Killer wants to kill Laurie, but well, that's yeah. why they got. <laughs> that's why they went in the film for long. <laughs> um, so I, I really hated that opening. I thought the opening kind of set. The, it was actually comical because the Doctor. Introduces himself. I still don't know his name because he mumbled it and he had a very thick uh, Latina accent. And the acoustics of our cinema were in was actually the cinema was so big that it kind of echoed, and I didn't really get his name. Um, so what's his name? Lomez Junior. Oh, the um, Loomis Junior or whatever his name. Yeah, the the new Doctor. Well, you can't call him the new Doctor Loomis. The guy who took over for Doctor Loomis. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just call him Doctor uh, Fuckface. So yeah. Fuckface, Doctor Fuckface is just. A weirdo who's obsessed with Michael in the sense that I'm pretty sure he wants to suck him off. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's he's not trying to do any research. I mean, he just wants to find. He just wants Michael to talk. He's obsessive about him. He's just like a weird sort of groupie that just is obsessed with Michael. And not- you look you look at him and you know he's no good. Yeah, he's a piece and, of shit. And and uh, spoiler alert, he ends up being no good. But <laughs> it's like it was a twist that didn't make sense. He's that's a- when it. That's when the movie knows that. Right. But anyway. So, I hated that opening, and I was actually and I I was actually complaining, going, "Oh man, I'm like, oh, do you want to go?" <laughs> all, right, all right, let's forget the opening for a minute. All right. But then what I did love the title sequence. Here we go. Title sequence. Title was sequence good. was perfect. Yeah. They had a reverse pumpkin that was inflating. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't really inflating. It's like it had been smashed, but then it was re- they were reversing it so that it was like regenerating. Regenerating. So kind of saying this is the re- resurgence of this franchise, and it was actually really cool. John Carpenter, yeah, theme, the theme, the Halloween theme. Um, the credits, uh, the font of the credits. Was the, the, font, the font was great, but can I just say something? What's that? I just remember during the credits, <laughs> and then it goes, <laughs> executive producer, Danny McBride, and you turn to me, and you go, <laughs> is, did I just read that right? Is Danny, <laughs> yeah. Danny McBride, an executive producer, and I yeah. said, I said, Sam, he fucking wrote it, and then the next credit was the writers, and then you were just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that is when I knew we were into travel. All right, and I love Danny McBride's East Down and East Down and um, Bound and and or East Bound and Down, and I love him at all. All these like comedy films are f- pitch perfect. The only comedy film I didn't like was Alien Covenant. Yeah. Oh, he went there, that's, and that's my point. Is he doesn't make great serious films, and so after the after the opening credits, we. I can't remember now. <laughs> um, Mike Myers has been transported. Why? I don't know. He has to go to a more secure facility. I think I think it was um, to finally uh, kill him, or no, for him to spend the rest of his life. In it a was, cell. It was just like he was legit. Can no, I say no hope? Mike Myers looks very old. Old as fuck. Has a beard. Yeah, a bit of a beard. Uh, we cut 
we catch a glimpse of his left eye, which seems to be scarred or... Well, that would be scarred from the damage that Laurie did with the uh, in the beginning, in the first film. Yeah, okay, so there you go. Yeah. So that's all that. But he did remind me of... Um, um, have you guys seen... Well, you would have seen, you guys. Have you, you would have seen... Um, <laughs> Uh, is it Hino Evil? The Kane, the wrestler? See no evil. See no evil. I don't know. Have you guys seen it? <laughs> <laughs> I just wait for a response. Yes. <laughs> um, it was fantastic. Um, what? <laughs> it's just, and that movie is comically bad. And Did you know they made a sequel? It probably Cino Evil too. Like, yeah, that, he brought he brought it out like oh, a few years ago. And mm-hmm. fun fact, it had Daniel Harris in it. There you go. There you go. Full circle. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Interesting, but my point is, bloke's old man. Mike's fucking old, and being his sixties for sure. And I it just he moves like a fucking cat still, and I just don't get it. And I don't, Wait. I don't get where he finds his superhuman strength and stuff. Like, no, he'll be in his seventies. Uh, he'll be in his. Yeah, let's work 40, this out. 50, so he came at seventy-eight. No, 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 sixty, sixty, sixty. So he would. He was early twenties when he committed the murders in part one. He was in the twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty. Yeah, he wasn't twenty-five. No, early. Well, even then, it'd be sixty-five. So, so let's say sixty-five. We'll, we'll go with that. My old man, sixty-five. <laughs> yeah, he is. He does not move like a fucking cat. Let me tell you this. I don't know. I've seen him stand up. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a while. Your 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 old boy is in his sixties. Yeah, he's yeah, sixty-three or something. Yeah. he definitely doesn't move like a cat. <laughs> no, no, he does not. And, and he's, he's probably, tall. He's tall like Mike. He's a tall man like Mike. He's probably the same same height. Yeah. And my point is. Right from the get-go, I was like, oh, I kind of wish that it didn't even show me him at all. Old man Mike. Because it just took me out. I was like, man, this cunt's old. And I, I just thought, all right, all right, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief. But what really, 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 really kind of thought, yeah, this is a dumb movie, is when when he, his whole, he escapes from being, when he gets transported to this mega facility or more secure facility. Yeah. And I didn't realize this because you just you told it you said it previously, but couldn't they find a more clever way for him to escape, or just not address the fact that he had escaped? Just, just have him loose at the beginning of the film and have the start of the film the cops chasing and looking after looking for him. Well, I actually think that the escape was okay because the bus was just turned over, um, but they kind of gave away that the doctor had a role in it because the yeah. doctor was the only one that wasn't dead yeah. or whatever. And he was just in the bus chilling out. Um, I don't know, but he got handcuffed in the end. No, he got shot. Oh. But I thought he was handcuffed, and that was why he couldn't move from the bus. Mm, no, I thought he was just chilling out. No, but, I thought he was handcuffed. Oh, whatever, man. You know what? I, let's, let's just go with he was half handcuffed. I thought <laughs> So he handcuffed himself to make it like he got overpowered, perhaps. Maybe. I don't know, but to me, it was like, oh, this is fucking dumb. And then, um, and then basically, Mike Myers escapes. He kills a kid. He killed a kid. Yeah, like a junior kid, 12 years old or something. Yeah, the kid that shot the doctor. Dr. Fuckface. Yeah. And then he um gets in his car and guess where he's gone, guys? Gone back to Haddonville. Haddonville, Illinois. Here's the thing for you. Why Illinois isn't South America, sorry, Southern America. It's in the north. It's the Midwest, but it's okay. in the north. Why is it so Hickville in that petrol station? Uh, I don't know. I guess we... Just have to visit and find out. <laughs> I don't, oh, know, I don't know. Anyway, long story short, he goes to the petrol station and guess who happens to be there? The podcasters. 
He gets his um, overalls back from the garage in the petrol station. Um, and then he kills the podcasters and gets his mask. And bang, he's back. He's just back. saying over the series, like Michael Myers has something in for anyone in the mechanic industry. So oh, really, yeah, he like knocks off. First one was hard hardware store, wasn't it? No, that's where he got his mask from. He he oh. took out the mechanic on the road. Yeah, the tow truck driver and took yeah, his yeah whatever he was. And then yeah, part two he's already got his shit. But like part four, he takes out a like a, a mechanic and uh, anyway, he just hates mechanics. Mike does. Maybe his old man and was a truckies mechanic. as well. Maybe. But yeah, in that suit. Alright, so <sighs> fucking mechanics. I'm not I'm not hating on the film, but it is a bit of a slow burn. You find out Carrie's been um she's gone full Sarah Connor. She lives in a bunker in a house in the woods. Um her house has got cameras, it's fucking got security protocol up the ass. She's got a stockpile of weapons. She wears a tank top like Sarah Connor. She doesn't give a fuck like Sarah Connor. She drinks a lot like Sarah Connor. She, she is. You like Sarah Connor. She is Sarah Connor. She's pretty much Sarah Connor. She's gone full Sarah Connor, right? It's judgment day. Um, she's had a daughter, not a boy, and that daughter she's raised, but that daughter then got taken away from her because she was a bad parent, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like, and then that daughter had a daughter, so she's got a granddaughter, and they're just trying to live a normal life in bumfuckville, Illinois, trying to be normal family. Mm-hmm. And guys, I got to say, I do not hate the fact that her granddaughter, or I should say the granddaughter's friends, got killed. In fact, I kind of like it that they all died. <laughs> You're not pissed me off. I did go out and pee at one point. Yeah. So please tell me if I missed this. Did the boyfriend who ended up passion that other chick did he end up getting any did he did he die no he got away he got away <laughs> he made the best decision he's the best, he, decision, the of best his life. decision of his life was to cheat on his girlfriend in front of her <laughs> face and he got away from being killed his best friend got fucking mm. knifed in the back and then a fucking metal uh, rod through his throat mm. um the the other friends the fucking babysitters got got iced well so <laughs> Carrie's granddaughter, the Carrie. Yeah, you keep calling her Carrie, I but I was sorry. just gonna let, I was gonna let you Laurie, roll. whatever. You're thinking of a better movie. Yeah, Sarah fucking uh, Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor's um, granddaughter. She is like like a grandmother. Very intelligent, independent. Um, has a close sort of circle of friends. Um, her friends are cool. I actually liked her friends. I didn't mind them. Um, they were pretty normal teenagers. Uh, two of them were dating. I think they were dating, right? That was, yeah, the that, that was the same guy. The guy who had the he was buying up pumpkins. That was the same no, guy. No, 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 no. Oh, the different guy was it? Different guy. So they, they, they were the ones that the babysitter that ended up getting killed. The babysitter and her boyfriend. Yeah, they were. They were at the beginning. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Friends. They're her good friends. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant. Never mind. No. Right. And then she had she had the worst boyfriend who looked like a fucking. I just want to punch his face in. And then he, her boyfriend's fucking best friend. I just want. I was like, I couldn't wait. I was counting down the second. As soon as you saw him, as soon as he he did that introduction, you you turned to me. You said, "I want him to die. <laughs> I want him to die. <laughs> I want him to die." Uh, <laughs> he, he died. He's he's just got he's just got. If the doctor is a fuck face, this guy is a cunt face. I just I was so glad when he died. Yeah, he has a punchable face. So <laughs> and he has that weird personality where he tries to be the weird. Funny, personable. Uh, you, you know what? You're in the friend zone, bro. Yeah, you're bro. in the friend zone. You stuck yourself in the friend zone. You got a, you got a fish face. Fuck you're ugly as fuck. And he's got an you... egg forehead too. Oh. It's like it's, it's, it's. Look, I'm not trying to. But when, when does it? Like, do you remember back in the 70s? 70s were a simpler time where the cool kids were 
tall, athletic, cool kids, and the wiener kids were looked like wieners. But now it seems like the wiener kids are the cool kids, and the tall, athletic kids are like on the outs. And that's why old man Mike is trying to just even the playing ground, man. He's had enough of this shit. He's like, these damn kids, I'm going to go stab them all. I'm going to have a nap in between, and then I'm going to stab them. Well, Sarah Connor, um, his granddaughter, is she super attractive, super intelligent. I'm like, wow, you could be doing so much better than this fucking retard. So much. Um, so... And then basically it's all happenstance and blah 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 blah. Um, Mike comes back to town and he just see this sort of sequence where he everyone's out enjoying Halloween and he's just literally going around looking to kill people at random. And you know what? The best sequence in the film. That's the best sequence in the film. And the way it was shot and everything, like that's why I said like the first forget the opening, but the first three quarters of this film after the credits was was good. Like it set it up. Bit of a slow burn. It took about thirty minutes for him to start to get slashing. Yeah, maybe forty yeah, minutes. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, like, uh, they did have bits and pieces in between, but yeah, it did take a little while. They're building up the characters and everything, but I, I did like the fact that, um, I did, I didn't mind the slow burn because I thought when they finally got to town and he was that awesome sequence happened. That's when I thought, okay, now the film is going into because if you think mm. of the original Halloween, mm. that whole movie was a slow burn. Oh, big time! It was like one half. Pre pre massacre, then yep. post massacre. Yeah, and and but when the massacre happened, it didn't stop, and it just kept it kept rolling. So that's what I yep. thought. Okay, they're gonna do that formula, which is great. But then they stopped it. But that's that's the issue. The sequencing was awesome. I think. But can I say one thing? So with the first Halloween, the reason why um, it worked well is because the streets were sparsely populated. It mm. was very dark, and Mike Myers was just kind of just floating in between these two houses. Um, and you could kind of, you could, you could kind of get away with it. In this one, it, well, logically, it makes sense that they wouldn't necessarily detect a psycho at the front of their house because just there wasn't many people around, and it wasn't very that well lit. This one, the street is lit perfectly. Um, there's fucking kids and adults everywhere, hmm. and I, I, I know it's Halloween. He's got a mask on, so people would, probably wouldn't be um, uh, worried or alert. The way he goes around killing people in that sequence, I just feel like he definitely would have gotten caught because everyone would have phone. You know, everyone's got a yeah. mobile phone. There was got cameras. You know, there was some subtle like um, there was those two, uh, and I'm not being racist here, but they were both black, and there wasn't many black people in this film. But there was two, the two black, the black couple that came out of the house. Um, the the woman did look at Michael a bit funny, bit funny, yeah. But then you know they were off to to go, so there was a bit of that. Who's this mysterious stranger walking around? And even in Halloween, he kind of does stand out. But those kills as well, you got to remember, were done in isolation. And like that woman that he, he killed with the baby, she was on her own making a sandwich. Yeah, that's He true. hates people making sandwiches, Michael, as well. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I, I don't think that he... Like, I don't dispute the fact that he could have killed a couple people easily. Um, like nobody locks their back doors in America, apparently. Um, but <laughs> in America, of all places, where they all carry guns, they don't lock their back doors. Yeah, literally, like welcome in, bang. Um, and he walks in, he does his business, but just I would have, I just would have thought that after maybe the second one, because he does two, two or three, I think he does two. Well, he does two, and then he, that's when he goes to uh, one of the friends. And yeah, yeah, then he goes to the friend's house yeah, yeah. who's the, the, like, it's just the next house on or whatever. Yeah. And I just think, I, I find it hard that he would be able to escape the dragnet of the cops because 
the look, man. well, uh, he didn't really. If you think about it, because with that, the kid got away and called the cops. So your point that everyone has a phone, it did work because the little kid was able to call the cops, and that's when the cops came. Oh, that's right. So, so what happens, guys, is that so Mike just Myers, answered your own question. He goes on the rampage, <laughs> and then he goes to the house, and he and um, Sarah Connor's uh, granddaughter's friend is there babysitting a kid. It's probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, that interaction between her and the kid. Yeah. This little kid is hilarious, bit of a comic relief sort of thing. Um, it kind of does, the com- like, it, the, this, this movie has tonal issues because it tries to be serious and yeah. then it goes, flips the comedy pretty back and forth. This this is when Danny McBride had sole ownership of the script. I guarantee you he wrote that whole sequence and he wrote for that kid and he directed that kid because that kid just screamed yeah. Danny McBride humor. And you're right. The interaction initially was was awesome, but then when the when the killing started happening or whatever, it's still comedic. It was still way too comedic. Like you couldn't yeah. take that death seriously. Like the, like the kid would have been in in real life. The kid would have been screaming, crying. It was, it was like, oh shit! Yeah, I'm gonna go get help. Yeah, and it's like, mm, that's a bit like, yeah, it's a bit too. And then he runs past the boyfriend. You gotta go help her. Yeah, and um, and the, actually, the thing that really made me thought I, I thought it was bizarre is that. Sarah Connor's grand I'll just call her the granddaughter. The granddaughter's friend looks insanely like her. Like they're pretty similar. One's blonde, one's got um brunette hair. But other than that, they look fucking identical. They, they look like Hollywood, mate. Yeah, fuck. That's look, look identical. Oh, oh yeah, we're gonna talk about this logic loop. Fucking the boba tea. The bubble tea. When he went the bubble tea when they Oh the bubble tea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Can I I uh, this one here, I'm gonna uh, smash this out. So we're bu- we're sitting in the movie, we're watching this. This is towards the beginning of the film, all right? One of the granddaughter's friends has a bubble tea um before they go to school. So they're walking to school and she's got a bubble tea that looks like she's barely even touched, so she yeah. would have just got it. Now let, you know what I was thinking about this. Unless, um, unless it was from last night and she just had it and Yeah, she, but like again, the, the bubble. Who buys a bubble tea yeah. in advance? Because it was Maybe. full. It was three quarters full. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that you'd leave the burbs to get one of those to walk to school at seven in the morning. Like that's not even like it. Like you can't even do that in a no, like it takes a specialty shop to do that. You can't go to like a Seven Eleven and get a, a bubble tea. Dude, my my mate is at a bubble tea right now and it's packed as. And I guarantee you that place does not open at seven in the no, fucking morning. Why would they? Yeah, all right, yeah. That, that would be a shitty bubble it tea that she's weird drinking. weird logic loops that you're like, oh my God, do you have to have that as an accessory? These kids would literally have their hands down, sorry, their hands, the phone in their hands, their heads down, and they'll be searching Twitter whilst look, whilst having a conversation. They're not looking at each other. They don't. No one has fireworks. No one's blowing up pumpkins and fireworks. Everyone's just fucking on their phones talking to each other. This is what I don't understand about how Hollywood just can't understand how the real life works. No, no, no. In the 21st century, right? In the late 2000s, we all carry bubble tea. <laughs> that's, that's just what we do. Mind you, I had my first bubble dumb. tea like last month. So I'm just throwing that uh, out. Ah, yeah, it's overrated. overrated. It is way overrated. It's not great. For all your bubble and tea lovers sweet. out there, what's your problem? <laughs> it's like super sweet. It tastes like way shit. too sweet. Um, I would not drink that first thing in the morning. No, nah, no way. I'd, it's fucking like coffee. It's like, it's like those psychos that have um, a monster or a uh, Red Bull first thing in the morning. It's like, nah. fuck, man. Just what are you doing to your insides? Nah, you, they, they've been up 24 hours, those guys. That's that's the thing. Yeah, so that was just a weird thing. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm for, I, I didn't mind. I, I thought she had a bit of pep in her step. I was kind of hoping that this would be like a transitional film because you know how all films have franchise world building, right? Mm. I was kind of hoping that um, the granddaughter... I forgot her name and um, her friend Allison, Allison or something, Allison? Yeah. would be would be partners in crime in the sense that those would be the two, the next gen of babysitters. Nah. 
to fight Mike or fight a Mike. Well, see, that's the thing. So when it came to this point, right? Mm. That's when I thought, okay, so now. Okay, so let's let's maybe go back to what we were talking about previously. So Mike has just done his killings. <laughs> he's killed. Um, he's killed her, her friends, and the little uh, kid that was being babysit by her friends calls the cops. Mm. Cops. Um, the sheriff is on the scene, and they're kind of like zoning off the area and they're telling everyone to go back to their houses and they're going to try and find Mike. Yeah. <sighs> and then this is when it... Is and when they it do back. find Mike. They found Mike, all right. Yes, they do that. You know what? This is another one of those bubble tea moments, right? Okay, so... All right, so the murders happen. I thought that this would have been the start, like, like the climax of the film, right? This is what I thought. But what they did is they're like, no, let's go find Mike. We'll hunt him down. So that's what they do. Well, they've got an issue because they the cops tell um, Laurie and her daughter that they have to leave their house because it's not yeah. safe and they have to go back to Laurie's house. Yeah. So and they, they can't find the granddaughter because they're a shithead of a boyfriend threw a phone in some punch. Like, who does that? Who In what world? If that someone did that to that, the phone, that, you know what? I'd snap If, if anyone needed to die, it was him. Ugh. And he didn't die. Michael, you fuck. Go back and kill him. Can I say another thing, right? Can I, say, can I just say another thing? Say what? Re- what stupid person has a shortcut on the way home? If you're walking home and you go, "Oh, I got a shortcut," and it involves going so- through someone's backyard, nobody does that anyway. Yeah, like, no, nobody he, does that. He was trying to get her alone. He was, he was trying to get his. He's trying to get his DW. Yeah, you know what I mean? Frogface, the boyfriend's best friend, is is macking on his mate's girlfriend. Like trying a dog. To. He's trying to. And it's just it makes no yeah. sense. Like, anyway, anyway, I hate that. But, but anyway. let's let's okay. So the friends are dead. <laughs> we're getting we're getting all <laughs> jumbled look, and confused. This is when the this is when the film gets weird. All right. So the friends are dead. Uh, the the sheriff finds Allison, uh, the granddaughter, um, finds her, gets her in the car with the doctor. The doctor's in the car. Um, the doctor Loomis want to be. And this is when this is the moment where I've gone mm. no because mm. you've <laughs> no. got. You have, and this is this when is the not film, my bike boys. No, this is when the no, this is when the film dropped because look, I can watch Halloween Resurrection and I'm okay. I can watch Halloween Five, I'm okay. I just bought Halloween Six, Sam. So you don't know what this means, but I just fucking paid money for that film. How much does it right? cost? Nine bucks. I could watch the Blu-ray Rob- or DVD. DVD. Yeah. I could watch the. Oh, they probably would have made a Blu-ray print of that. I could watch all the other shit. All right, no worries. Rob Zombie, great. But you have, you have somebody you're protecting in the car. Your goal is to bring them to their family. You see Mike Myers and you go, no, I've got to run this guy over. There was no houses on the road. He was in no immediate danger. Why didn't he call a fucking squad car yeah. and go, hey, Mike Myers is here. Yeah, I'm going to drive that. You've got a pro- you're protecting someone and you run over the fucking <laughs> um, killer, you dumb fuck. <laughs> What I don't understand is, as well, is that, yes, the cop makes a bad choice because he, for whatever reason, is overcome with passion or guilt for having let Mike Myers live in number one. So apparently there's a link there that he was the original cop that stopped Loomis from killing Mike. Yeah. And he (laughs) felt guilty or something. So he he runs him over and he's meant to have killed him. Now, first of all, Anthony's right. The cop, in reality, should have just gone, yeah. Yeah, uh, command. We've got, we found him. He's on the corner of this street and this street. Over. Need backup. Or just pull over and shoot him. Or that. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I'm and gonna run him over. And no cop runs over a, a fucking. I know. I don't care how serial killer. No, no cop does that. They shoot. They don't run. Um, and 
what I don't understand is, right? What I don't understand is Dr. Fuckface motives. Fuckface. He, he runs over to Mike and he's like, yeah, you killed him. You can't. He's state property. Blah, 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 blah. I need to suck him off before. I need to find out. Yeah. <laughs> He, he, needs goes, to get he, the, goes, he needs to get the juice of it. He goes full fuck face. He then has a, takes a scalpel out and kills the cop, yep. the sheriff. And, and it's a scalpel that's concealed in some fancy looking fucking pen. Oh, it's so dumb. It's so like it's like is why? Why is this happening? When you become a doctor now, he's a he was a psychiatrist, right? So yeah, is that like a gift that you would get a psychiatrist? Who is knows? That like congratulations, you've completed school. Here's a concealed. No, weapon. He made a, he made a concealed weapon because uh, yeah. he's a fuckface. Yeah, he just wants to get in. And the and then that, that that fucking twat of a doctor then picks up Mike Myers, which again the cunt is so big and heavy. How could that fucking old fuckface doctor pick him up? Who knows? And Mike got run over by a cop car. Now I'm telling you, Mike is 65. That cunt his vertebrae is shattered. He's dead. He's not coming up. And that's when I, I, I one thing I can't stand about these slasher films is when the fucking killer becomes Terminator and just doesn't die because I'm like all right I'm literally just oh, this is so dumb I'm just waiting for fucking the the elaborate fucking set of circumstances that have to happen for this guy to die because it was borderline you know, uh, comical. You know how Michael was 65, right? Yeah. Do you reckon he was getting regular prostate checks? Uh, and that's the other thing, right? <laughs> So Mike's a beast. He's tall, broad-shouldered. Okay. I can understand a man, in, he grows up in his 20s to be that way. But in the first one, he wasn't really that tall. I mean, I guess he was, but he wasn't He wasn't a superhuman super freak like he is in all the others. No. But the guy would have been fed nothing but fucking stale bread and gloop and oats. Like, he would have been, I would argue, malnourished given his body size. He would have been um, done no exercise because all he does is stand all day. Yeah, but so, if that doctor dude, if Dr. Fuckface was looking after him, Maybe yeah, but Mike doesn't exercise because all he does is stand and stare at walls and says nothing. Right? Maybe Doctor Fuckface had a gym so program. At sixty-five, your muscle mass is fuck all unless you exercise. It's probably doing hit classes or this something. This is what I mean. This is why I can't watch these films because I just get taken out of it. I'm like, this is too dumb for for any for anybody. Um, and I just think if he got run over, the guy can't would definitely be now. He held onto the bonnet so he didn't get fully run over. So he was like, kind of like just impact of the car. But man, if you've seen if you've seen car crash, dude, victims, we got hit by a bull bar. At a pretty high speed. The cunt's dead. <laughs> His chest is caved in. He's, he's in a bit of pain. Yeah. He's in a bit of pain. Look, I'm I'm six foot, you know. I'm I'm a fairly strong guy, I, I would say. Uh, I'd be fucked. Dude, you'd be dead. And, and I'm in my 20s. You'd be dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is what upsets me is that I can't think of this lot. I can't think of... It takes me out, man. And that's why I don't like Friday 13th films like at all. I mean, because he just, he just comes well, with they, fucking superhero, super, super yeah, Well, they ended up making him a zombie. It's like yeah. a Terminator. He just doesn't die. It's like, oh, okay, so what am I watching here? So, but just back... I'm watching a fucking sci-fi film uh, now? Like, well, fuck? Jason X. Anyway, so you... <laughs> okay, so it, so then the movie, yep, takes a turn for the worse. Um, the Doctor becomes in on it. He wants to get to know why Michael uh, does what he does, and he gets obsessed with the serial killer. Now, they took a lot of... This movie took a lot of plot devices from all the other films. There was There was hints of pretty much every other film. Um, and this was definitely a hint of the Curse of Michael Myers Part 6, um, and they even had a resurrection homage at some point where they had a car that had resurrection written on the um, on the side of the car. So they did try and, you know, appease all the diehards with little nods to all the films. Unfortunately, this nod didn't work. They bring Michael, ends up going back to the house to, to uh, make a jack-o'-lantern out of a cop's head, 
Um, which was when did he get the time to no, do actually that? Actually, that was pretty cool. That was cool, but that was when, cool. when, yeah, you know what? The original Michael did have a bit of a comedy side to him, mm. like when he put on the sheet and the glasses, mm. and yeah, that that was pretty cool. I just don't see how he had the time to do it. But anyway, um, and then the fight begins between the three generations of Strode. Yeah, so so very so through a very convoluted way, the fuckface doctor says, "I got to get my eyes back with Laurie." To, to end this or get some sort Michael of ends up killing him conflict resolution Michael ends up killing the doctor but I don't know why he wouldn't kill the granddaughter who's in the backseat with him first yeah blah blah blah, blah, blah. Mike gets to the house the granddaughter gets to the house so that's how they get them all together the the husband dies but no one seems to care no nobody seems to care the husband's like as old as fucking um, Michael Laurie so it's like that's a bit weird you know what I like about the husband's death and you know what, uh, you know what I don't get though what did you get why would the daughter go for such a like a weak, scrawny husband? He does Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's what he said at the beginning. Yeah, but like, I would have thought she'd be like one, like a like a man because she's been fucking taught. But maybe she doesn't want that. Maybe she wants to get away from that rough end of life. <sighs> and she just wants a little dweeb. Yeah, maybe who spilt peanut butter on his dick. Yeah, that was weird. That was a very weird sentence. Anyway, but what I was gonna <laughs> say real quick about his death though, because they he oh, the, oh this pissed me off too. Uh, he, but what was funny is that he said that he can look after himself because he, you know, does Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He ends up getting choked out and dies. And then he was setting up mouse traps at the beginning and putting bait on the mouse traps, and he ends up being bait for glory. So, but the, his death is so dumb because okay, so if you know psycho killers out there, and a cop car rolls up to the house. And you answer the cop, and the cop doesn't say anything. And you keep you keep trying to get an answer from the cop, and the windows, no one, nothing's moving. And you're like, mm, yeah, this is weird. I'm going back inside. Like, just think. Why wouldn't you just think? Why does no one have a fucking mobile phone to ring the cops and go, yeah, um, some cop car just ran our gate. Nobody's coming in and out of that cop car. He sent another cop car to make sure that what's going on. Like, fuck me, man. This movie's so fucking dumb. Or just wait, like wait at the door for some like a cop car to identify himself yeah exactly um i don't care if there's a psycho killer and a cop car rams my gate and i call out and nobody answers that cop car is dead because i'm not going out there sorry if there's a cop he's hurt just i'm um, self-preservation i'm not putting myself in a position where i'm going outside by myself to check on the cop this movie is just sexist they want to get rid of all the male characters if you notice all the male <laughs> characters were pretty bad yeah, but I, I, Except the I, little I, kid. I, I, <laughs> I was just I'm kidding. Down. I'm kidding. I, I love I'm a kidding. female. I love a strong female protagonist. I love Me Sarah too. Connor. I love, I love the Resident Ripley. Evil movies. Yeah, Resident <laughs> Evil. I'm all over. It. I love. I love a female who can kick ass. Wonder Woman. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But um, this is it. Kind of, re- and then it came a real weird cat and mouse game because she's kind of booby trapped this house. How many times did they go in and out of that fucking basement? Like they a did few. it like three or four times before Mike comes, and then then in and out of it three or four times when Mike's in the house and then Mike's upstairs so then she goes upstairs to trap him and 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 then when she's gone upstairs to see where Mike is it's like oh yeah she's designed this house to be a trap so that Mike can't escape but the redeeming part about that was I did enjoy the scene when uh, it was almost like the final confrontation was Laurie becomes Michael Michael becomes Laurie from the original because they pretty much re-blocked the original final scene where Laurie's hiding in the closet and Michael's after her. So now Laurie, if you remember, opens the the uh, the door to the balcony mm-hmm. and then runs in the closet. And it's a choice between Michael which one she'll be at, right? 
So she was setting that up. And then the idea was that she would have time to prepare and fight back, which yeah, yeah, she yeah. did. So Michael does the same, but this time he comes from behind some mannequins that are just laying around or whatever. Um, but the way the scene played out, and then Laurie falls off the balcony and they just, you know, disappears like Michael did in the original. So I kind of did enjoy that nod and I enjoyed how they tried to tie in the plot of getting into Laurie's mind and seeing what makes her tick. And now she's the hunter. And they did recreate some shots with Laurie coming out the shadows like Michael did in the first one and stuff. So that was pretty cool. But the ending where she has this house set up with all these traps and everything. And they trap Michael in the basement and burn him. I'm just... Uh, I was just like, that's a shit way to end it. Yeah, it, honestly, the, the the final third of this film is Michael is literally the Terminator and Sarah and fucking Laurie is, is Sarah Connor because Michael gets shot in the neck, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, he gets his fingers blown off. He gets run over. He gets shot in the head by Laurie's daughter. He gets bitten in the hand. Bitten by the hand. Whoa. gets cut. And I'm just like, I'm, I just don't buy it that this cunt would not be like, yeah, I'm old and I'm slow. You'd just be like, you know what, guys? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for ruining your lives, but I- I'm done with this. I'm going to put my mask down. I'm going to retire. I'm going to the islands. I'm just going to relax. You know what I don't get? He moves like a cat in some sequences. So when that frog face kid dies in that guy's backyard, mm. he moves like a cat because the sensor lights go on and off and he's like literally like a cat. But then he moves so slow in the house. It's just like... Mm. Yeah, but that's that serial killer mentality. Like that, that's all horror films, man. These horror, these these horror killers can teleport, but then they walk slow. Yeah, it's like makes no sense. And I like the fact that they baited him into the 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 staircase. So that was kind of interesting. Like she got her rifle and shot him, but it wasn't a clean shot. Of course, it wasn't. Uh, I'm just like I'm just thinking. You know what? Overall, this wasn't a satisfactory film, and. I'd say this is probably, if I had to give a recommendation, I'd say wait for it to be on Netflix. I think, I, I'd say Actually, you know what? Yeah, don't watch it. Nah, look, I, look, I'll say this. If you're a fan of the franchise, if you're a fan of the franchise, you'll get a kick out of Piece it. Piece of shit. you get a kick out of it. If you're like Sam and you're not, then don't watch it. But I think that the first three quarters were all right and then it just went off the rails um, I as far as my Halloween nah, rankings, I can't even. I don't even agree with that. This one here's for the horror fans. This one here's for the horror fans. As far as the Halloween rankings, where I'd rank it, I'd probably put it within the top uh, six or five of, <laughs> of, 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 of the, the eleven <laughs> <laughs> of eleven. Um, well, give us your ranking. Okay, so the wor- worst Halloween film is Halloween uh, oh, from Rob- worst to best. Okay, go. Yep. Okay, Rob Zombie's Halloween two. Ooh, all right, it's definitely the worst. Um, Halloween five. Then I have Hall- Rob Zombie's Halloween. Then I have Halloween 6. Um, then I will put... I'm just trying to think what i got to play with. Yep, then I'll put this one, Halloween 2018. Then I'll put Halloween 3. Um, then 4, 2, and 1. Hmm. I think I got them all. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, look, I'm not a massive fan of genre. I like the first one because it is, it's grounded in reality somewhat. And it is truly, it does have some cool frightening sequences. And from start to finish, it is a slow burn. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I, did, I, I recently rewatched it, but I didn't get through all of it because I was like, yeah, it's a bit boring. But at the full of the time, it was pretty good. And as a kid, when I saw it film, it scared me. It was good. This one doesn't scare me. 
I laughed in moments of this, particularly some of the death scenes, like when he twists necks and how the necks are and the kid getting impaled on the fence. It reminds me of um, Shaun of the Dead and just the grotesque obscurity, um, obscurity, the, the grotesque deaths make it obscenely funny to me. Like it's almost comedic. Um, and I don't know. I, uh, to be honest, instantly forgettable. Um, and see, that's the thing. That tone, that theme song is actually pretty menacing and it's pretty, it, it, it like evokes paranoia. Um, and I just, they used it a lot in this film, but it was like, yeah, just get it over with. I think, look, they tried, they gave it a good effort. Uh, they stuffed up the ending and you know what? I can't wait for the sequel because they no, I'm not seeing the sequel. Sorry. They definitely left it open. <laughs> I'm not seeing the sequel. No. You don't see Mike's body burn. He no. probably got out of the fucking thing. Who knows? Fucking Robocop slash Terminator is going to be back for another one. Who gives a fuck? Well, they zoomed in. I give this one. I give this film one mic. One one out of five mics. <laughs> one out of five mics. Yeah. I wanna be. I wanna be like Mike. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Look, I'll, I'll give it a. You, well, I just gave you my ranking, so let's end it like that. All right. Um. Yeah, I mean, listeners, thanks for listening. It's been a long one. Um, we'll try and get some more. Maybe we'll do some more flashbacks because I'm not going to lie. 2018 has been a fucking bleak year for films. Um, I haven't found a lot of films that I've liked and I just garbage. Garbage has been out at the moment. But we'll do maybe a couple more flashback episodes and um, flashback. if there's anything uh, you want to do, yeah, let me know and we'll get on it. But as always, you can uh, you can find us on Twitter at FMMRpod, uh, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and uh, until next time, guys. See ya. <laughs>